wasn't an easy road because uh, from there they had to find that partnership when it came to equipment and a training. And this is, of course, where the ABC stepped in. And uh, a big welcome to George Manning, who's with us uh, here this morning to reflect uh, back on the past 25 years but most importantly as he was the manager at uh, the time of uh, the first broadcast uh, at the ABC here in Broome it was very much under his watch that uh, the early, early, early broadcasts uh, took place as we also went out on the ABC quite regularly, did an hour in the morning and, of course, an hour in the evening. George, welcome. Hey, Sandy Dan. It's terrific to be back. And uh, where did that 25 years go? That's what I want to know. I don't (laughs) know, George, but I must say, you certainly look younger for it. (laughs) Uh, no, I think time's catching up with us all. You're the one who's looking younger. You're the one who's looking younger, Sandy Dan. George Manning, always full of compliments, but of course, uh, uh, with that, um, you were very generous with your talents in the early days. At that time, you were also the manager of uh, the ABC studios in uh, Chinatown. Yep. The ABC first uh, came into the Kimberley, Kananara was its uh, first stop there, and yep. then uh, we set up here in Broome in the late 80s where you were assigned to the spot. That's correct. Um, it's funny, really, because um, one of the challenges I faced was that I was only going to come to the Kimberley for 12 months, and that was the end of 1989, um, to open the office in Chinatown, and as they termed it at the time, liaise with local communities uh, regarding any interest that uh, local communities might have in establishing their own sort of local broadcasting. We'd actually started this, let's call it an experiment if you like, in Kununurra in 1988. The ABC in Perth had a big outside broadcast caravan and they lent it to Warringarri in Kununurra for 12 months and they set it up just around the corner from Kelly's Knob and um, they surrounded it with a six foot cyclone fence and it had a gate and uh, a padlock and one key and only one person was allowed to have that key and every Friday morning you'd open the caravan and go in and broadcast from 11 o'clock till 12 o'clock on the ABC And at that stage, there was Wayne Binder and Dot West and me. (laughs) And uh, look, it was was different um, because this sort of hour a week was really, you know, it was a sacred hour. Like, you know, everything you wanted to do all had to be done in one hour in a week. That was it. 11 o'clock Friday morning, the uh, little switch on the desk, we'd press the button and the little studio would go onto the ABC Cunanara transmitter. And then at 12 o'clock, you'd press the button and you'd go back to ABC Broadcasting, the country hour. 
And then you'd have to wait until the next Friday to do it all over again. So we used to have, um, well, you'd, you know, get, have go off at the weekend. But Monday to Thursday was sort of spent planning this one hour. What are we going to do in an hour? <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, you know, that was uh, 1988. That's even older than Radio Galari, Sandy. And then um, that was a successful, we had a successful outcome there, of course, because eventually uh, Warren Gary got its own studio complex, compound. Uh, it had its office and the studio and everything. And uh, it's a going concern, still is thriving today. And then um, we thought, wouldn't it be a good idea to try this at uh, Halls Creek, at uh, Fitzroy Crossing and in Broome? And, of course, those three sprang up as well. And here we are in the Broome studio celebrating our 25th anniversary today. Amazing stuff. Amazing. Mm. That first broadcast, uh, Mm -hmm. do you remember the lead-up to that and how it went on that day? Uh, Yes, uh, because... Dot West had come over from Kananara and she established herself in Broome with her family. And uh, we had uh, Joe Edgar, who was she, uh, that Dot and Joe were the trainees who, who qualified as broadcasters. And uh, Robert E. Lee came into the picture. I still call him Robert E. Lee today. Now, I think Robert's in Fitzroy Crossing at the moment, isn't he? Yes, he is. Um, So give him a cheerio from me when you see him next door. I hope he's even listening this morning. You never know. So, um, yeah, we sort of uh, built up the excitement of this first broadcast and and off we went. Yeah. (laughs) Incredible. George, Mm. just going back to that first ever broadcast, uh, it really was uh, Bobby Bowles, Ali Torres and Anna Manta. Of course, Yes. Wow. Now, you've got a better memory than me. <laughs> so. Oh, dear. What was it like introducing Aboriginal media to the Kimberley community? Oh, look, it was very exciting. It really was because um, previously, uh, really, the only connection that the ABC had with Indigenous people across Western Australia really was through request radio. You know, you'd uh, you'd have Ring for a Record or um, on Tuesday evening the country music program. We used to play requests, you know, and that was sort of like that was the precursor of bringing Aboriginal people together through radio. Um, not just one community, but lots of communities, you know. We used to send messages out, and it wasn't all country and Western music, although it was it was a great deal, yeah. But they were challenging times too, because I was doing that program in Perth before I came to the Kimberley. Um, so I suppose to a degree I had a, a little bit of a, a taste of, uh, of the sort of music that people wanted and um, and the sorts of things that they talked about, you know, particularly their loved ones and, and where they were and what they did. Yeah, it was... Um, I'd love to do it all over again, Sandy. Oh, and we'd love to hear you still <laughs> all over again. I have memories of you sending us off to school in the early days there. Oh, there, yeah. Also, just going back to the, the setup of yeah. Aboriginal media in the Kimberley, I heard stories that uh, there was uh, kind of racial tensions in Kananara to begin with uh, 
on because it was a different service being offered up there. Was it very much the same around at the Kimberley? I don't think so. Um, yeah, it probably was in Kananara, although, you know, I'd sort of forgotten about that. Yeah, people would say, you know, what's going on? We're, you know, we've got this other program on. What's happened to our program? Um, but when you look back on it, the so-called Our Programme was probably, at the time, a couple of interviews and lots of music. Um, what we were trying to do was to sort of give a service, although at the beginning it was a little service, but to establish a service to the greater number of people in the region, uh, which, of course, are Indigenous people. And looking at it on a serious side, one of the aims of what we were set out to do was to try and bring people in the communities into greater awareness of social issues like housing and schooling and, and hygiene and all that sort of stuff. So that um, we, we had little messages that we used to send out, like little 30-second messages. They were like mini, mini interviews, you know. Um, and then we'd have music. Um, and it was a way of bringing messages out to the broader communities through radio, which you couldn't do otherwise. Did you have hands-on when it came to perhaps some of the training methods? Oh, yes. Because mm. I remember <laughs> comments about your beautiful voice and how it just surrounds a room and uh. how people have kind of wanted or aspired to get that a message across. Mm. Sandy, you know, we're blessed with all sorts of things, and I suppose, you know, people say I've got a nice voice. I don't, because I, I don't hear myself, so, you know, um, I don't really think a great deal about that. But when it came to, you know, training people, I mean, there was the mechanics, as, as you do, you know, pressing buttons and opening faders and, and that sort of thing to either talk or introduce interviews or music. So there was the mechanical side, which most people can do. And then the other side, of course, is the talking side, and the whole idea of, of talking on the radio is really to try and talk as you do normally. Like we're having this conversation this morning and we're ad-libbing it. We haven't got notes or anything. You're asking me questions, one, two, three, four, and I'm answering, boom, boom, boom. Things that come into my mind and recollections that I have. It's just a way of, it's a conversation, isn't it? That's what it is. A yeah. wonderful conversation yeah. we haven't had for a long time. No. What do you think now with the, the progress of Aboriginal media, not just in the townships, but, uh, but the communities? Well, uh, prior to coming on the radio with you this morning, I was with Neil, who of course looks after Packham, and I'm amazed that Packham, which was started a long time ago now, I think 16, 18 years ago, bringing all these Aboriginal communities together, not just in the Kimberley, but in the Pilbara. And there are 20 transmitters now across these two regions, and the programs are going out to all these communities on all of these repeater stations all through the Pilbara and the Kimberley. That's an amazing network. And when you have a look at how it's done. It's done surprisingly with what looks to be very little equipment, but it's very, very good equipment. 
and it's uh, it's it's there. You know, we're in this sort of digital age, and all these things that 25 years ago we wouldn't really have thought hugely possible can now be done just like that. Amazing stuff. I'm absolutely thrilled. Oh, what's amazing is a broomer tells me, well, a friend did once upon a time in Halls Creek, Peter McConnell oh, yes. mentioned that you were a technician to begin with. <laughs> That's a long, long time ago. I actually started in my radio career as a trainee technician with the ABC because I I had a you know pretty high voice. I, I didn't have a radio voice. It, it hadn't sort of broken, not really anyway. But I wanted to be in radio. So what better way to start, perhaps, than looking at the broadcasters on the other side of the glass and learning how the equipment worked. So I was really, really lucky. When I eventually became an announcer, I was one of the few people who could actually, you know, pick up a spanner and a screwdriver and go and fix something if it went wrong. Uh, because I'd had this background training. In fact, I qualified as a technician before I became an announcer. And in fact, it's these skills <laughs> that, that have got you unknowingly to pass that baton on over the years. And oh. here we are as Aboriginal Media and Broom. Indeed, we are Sandy Dan. <laughs> 